I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. I have a confession to make today. I am a recovering perfectionist. I say recovering instead of recovered because I am a work in progress. Once a perfectionist, always a perfectionist. But those of us who are perfectionists can always be working on it, addressing it, moving forward, and making good progress in spite of it. Now, I really want you to stick around until the end of this episode, because at the very end of the episode, I have a free gift for you that will help you make significant strides to overcome perfectionism if you are a perfectionist like me. And if you're not, then I'm sure you know someone who is, so you can still grab the free gift and re-gift it to them. I promise I won't tell. There are a few common phenomenon that perfectionism stems from. One place perfectionism comes from is a fear of judgment from others, especially if we think they might disapprove of what we're doing or making or creating in our career. When we worry about what others think of us, it's easy to get stopped in our tracks. It's easy to imagine everyone. And by everyone, I mean one or two people whose opinions really matter to us. We think that everyone will think that it's foolish or unpolished or unseemly for us to do whatever it is that we fear their judgment of. A second place perfectionism comes from is getting your self-worth tangled up in your achievements. If I begin to believe that I will be more accepted by others for being perfect about whatever it is I'm attempting, anything from writing a blog post or a novel to getting a promotion or buying a car, when we start to think that we're more worthy if we do whatever it is perfectly, then our value of ourself is completely bound up in our accomplishments. And that leads to perfectionism. A third place perfectionism comes from is excessively high expectations or rigid expectations from adults when we're young. This could be parents, teachers, or other important people in our lives, especially when we're young and impressionable. Young children have a strong desire to please adults around them regardless. That's just simply natural. However, young children don't have the critical thinking skills to understand that They don't need to be perfect or meet their parents' high standards all the time. Whether a child is getting punished or reprimanded for not meeting the high standards or is more subtly receiving an adult's disapproval for not doing as well as the adult thought the child could, the child will internalize this message and strive harder next time to be perfect. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but these are some of the top places that our perfectionist 
tendencies tend to come from. Now, as for me, I am a card-carrying member of the first two. I definitely catch myself ruminating, dare I say, obsessing occasionally about what others will think. And as someone who's achieved a fair amount, I can definitely see the trend to feel good, perhaps too good sometimes, from how I performed on a task or something I accomplished, rather than simply feeling worthy all the time just because I'm me, not because of what I have achieved. For me, that's a pretty easy trap to fall into. I was fortunate to have supportive adults, including both parents and teachers in my early years, that were very encouraging and compassionate. I can't think of a single adult from my young life who was rigid or had expectations that were too high. That's not always the case, however, so I want to make sure to mention it since a lot of people did have that sort of influence early on. If you have perfectionist tendencies, I want to encourage you to address them. If you don't, you're holding yourself back, certainly professionally and probably personally as well. Essentially, being a perfectionist has you getting in your own way more often than not. Typically, being a perfectionist will mean that you achieve less rather than more, and you'll experience more stress along the way. I can recall one specific incident, well, there were many, but one specific one that I'm going to share with you right now, when perfectionism was getting in my way and someone else could see it. Now, quick side note, it's always far easier for those around us to see when we've fallen into the trap of perfectionism. When we're in it, it's out of our awareness that that's what we're doing. We're so deep into it. So here's how this specific situation went down. I was talking to my dear friend, Pam, and I was obsessing over the course of action that I was going to take on an issue. By an outsider's standpoint, either option that I was considering was a good one, albeit each for different reasons. And as I obsessively went through the pro and con list for each one with her, countless times, I might add, I remember her very gently and compassionately explaining to me that I was, in her words, working the margins. I was caught off guard by this, of course, and in fact, I was so wrapped up in the two options that I was considering that I didn't even fully understand what she meant by working the margins, and I had to ask her. So she explained that both options were good ones. And accordingly, each one was a sound decision in its own right. Neither option was significantly better than the other. If these were products in the marketplace, they would both have about the same profit margin. Neither one added significant value to my life or to the outcome. I was indeed working the margins, trying to get one option to stand out over the other. I was holding myself back by obsessing about which one was a better choice. By simply making a choice and moving forward, I could get momentum and results. Staying stuck and fixating and being preoccupied by the pros and the cons of both viable options was a colossal waste of time. And it took a compassionate dear friend to point that out to me. But that's what perfectionism will do to you. It will get in your way of taking action, of simply 
making a decision and starting. Because yes, you might fail. You might not measure up to other people's expectations. You might not even measure up to your own expectations. You might take a moonshot and fall short. But in attempting the moonshot, you learn and grow and learn and grow. On the other hand, spinning in perfectionism gets you nowhere. Being trapped in perfectionism is, in fact, a sign of a fixed mindset. In her seminal book on growth versus fixed mindset, titled Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, Stanford professor Carol Dweck shares research study after research study that demonstrate that when we're in a fixed mindset, experiencing perfectionism and a host of other phenomena that hold us back, we are less able to learn less able to grow, and less able to fulfill our potential. When we compare ourselves to others or to unachievably high standards, that's when our perfectionist tendencies tend to come out. We aren't open to learning from our mistakes. We aren't open to taking risks, and we aren't open to doing B-minus work. Sometimes doing B-minus work is much, much better and taking no action at all. And if you're a perfectionist, there's a really good chance that your B-minus work is way better than a lot of other people's best work. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So you might be wondering, okay, Janelle, I see myself in this. I do have perfectionist tendencies. How do I get over them? How do I get on the road to being a recovering perfectionist? Well, here are six suggestions. Number one, identify the point of diminishing return. Quite often, when our perfectionist tendencies kick in, we're focused on a smaller part of a much larger whole, and we're working hard to make our small part impossibly perfect. Pull back and take that 10,000-foot view. What else is going on that's related to what you're working on? That might also be important. From here, You can see meaningful intersections and other important work that's being done around you. You have a new perspective and one that hopefully sets you free from being so fixated on the details of the thing that you're trying to work on. When you see the big picture, it helps you recognize the opportunity cost of being so myopically focused on the details that you want to be perfect. You'll start to recognize that point of diminishing return when you're spending too much time on something. Or in my friend Pam's terms, you'll be able to see when you are working the margins to no meaningful end. Number two, 
learn how to accept criticism and feedback. Many times, perfectionism is driven by not being willing or able to meaningfully and gracefully accept feedback. Practice accepting feedback with generosity of spirit and with grace. Understand that feedback is meant to make a work product or a deliverable better. It's not a personal attack on you. It's about the work, the organizational impact of the work, the impact on your customers, and so forth. Repeat. Meaningful feedback is not about you. Number three, I've already mentioned this one. Do B minus work. Don't do something that you would be totally embarrassed by, of course. But think of the work that you typically do as bulletproof A or A plus work. Give yourself permission to do B minus work. You'll be surprised at how much more you're able to get done each and every day. Number four, allow yourself to make mistakes and forgive yourself quickly when you do. This is easier said than done, especially if you're a perfectionist. Perfectionists tend to beat themselves up over and over again when they perceive failure. (laughs) And to be clear, most perfectionists define failure as anything less than perfect. Compassion for yourself is absolutely critical if you want to move beyond perfectionism. It's no surprise that a perfectionist will be afraid of failure. It's one of the core things that drives a lot of us to perfectionism in the first place. Don't ruminate when you make a mistake or when you take a risk that doesn't pan out like you'd hoped. If you can't unhook yourself from the failure, call a friend and share what you're experiencing with them. Tell them specifically what you need from them. You might say something like, I tried something new and it didn't work out. I'm looking for a supportive voice to tell me to move on instead of beating myself up over it. Number five, create realistic goals. It's not realistic for most of us to be promoted to vice president of a huge division of our company by the time we turn 30. (laughs) Set smaller, more achievable and realistic goals. You'll derive momentum from completing the smaller goals, and they will move you toward the larger and larger outcomes without a huge fear of failure. You're simply getting to the next small milestone or medium-sized milestone. When you focus on that instead, you are more likely to stay in action and more likely to not get in your own way. Number six, recognize that done is better than perfect. Many times, something just needs to get done. It may be a product that needs to get out into the world so that customers can benefit from using it. It may be a project that you need to declare complete because there are other projects that need your time, attention, and talent. To counter my perfectionist tendencies, I have a post-it note on my desk that I'll pull out from time to time, putting it on a project folder or on my computer monitor when I'm slogging through something that would benefit from being done rather than being perfect. It says, take a short trip to a place called done. All right. So those are your six tips for moving beyond perfectionism. Number one, identify the point of diminishing return. Number two, learn how to accept criticism and feedback. Number three, do B minus work. Number four, allow yourself to make mistakes. Number five, 
create realistic goals. And number six, recognize that done is better than perfect. All right, so how do you know if you're beating perfectionism or if it's holding you at bay? Here's how I know that I'm actually making progress in the face of perfectionism. This episode of the podcast is getting recorded as I speak. And the 86 episodes that came before it also got recorded. That's a pretty good record of being in action. If I was trapped by my perfectionism, I wouldn't have gotten past the outline for episode one. I would have worried excessively that you wouldn't like my ideas or the people that I interview or that my perspective on workplace issues wasn't relevant to you. But instead, I move forward with my ideas, with inviting interesting people to be interviewed on the podcast and with actually sitting down to record the darn thing, essentially taking action. And in so doing, that forward momentum propels me into creating something. It's not just the podcast. It's books that I've written. It's every new course offering that I put out into the world. It's every keynote speech I've ever delivered. And in my personal life, it can range from cooking a dinner for friends that I might want to impress, to hosting a holiday party, to making sure my kids have every last thing that they need. If I don't keep my perfectionist tendencies in check and keep taking forward action, I will stall out and not finish that podcast or the project or the meal or the party preparations or whatever it might be. And that's no fun. So I have to remind myself that done is better than perfect. All right, here comes the free gift part. A number of years ago, I wrote a little book about perfectionism. It's called From Perfectionism to Polished Pragmatism, The Gutsy Girl's Guide to Getting Good Enough. And as you can tell from the title, the focus of the book is finding the point of good enough and stopping there. A PDF copy of the book is my gift to you for listening to this episode. You can go to janelleanderson.com forward slash perfectionism to download your free copy. Again, that's JanelleAnderson.com, J-A-N-E-L-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com forward slash perfectionism. I'll drop that link in the show notes also. If you do happen to want a hard copy of the book, Amazon carries the book, and I'll put a link to the book on their website in the show notes as well. And you can find the show notes at workingconversations.com, the name of this podcast, workingconversations.com forward slash 87, because this is episode 87. All right, my friends, I do hope you take a moment to download that free book. And seriously, it is a short book. It won't take you long at all to read. And it is chock full of tips that will make a difference in you overcoming your perfectionism. Until next time, be well and be perfectly imperfect. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.